0: Good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you are, no matter what time it is, it is a great day to be serving the Lord. Welcome to the Go Ye There podcast. I'm your host, Leland Johnson, and we are overjoyed to have you with us today. Time is the one thing that we all have in common, but the one thing that we all use differently. Let's head into the open. In Ephesians 5, 16, and 17, the Bible says, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Time management is an issue for most people. But for missionaries, it can be a killer. In our first show on time management, we talked about the reason why. As missionaries, we don't have anybody looking over our shoulder. We don't have anybody waiting at the office, and we don't have a time card. It's a problem that many pastors face, but even a pastor is accountable weekly to the church that pays his salary. As missionaries, we don't even have the oversight of a church, as the people that pay our salaries, in most cases, are thousands of miles away. That puts pressure on us as missionaries to hold ourselves accountable, which means that we can generally use all the help that we can get. Today, we're going to talk with author and pastor Tim Chalice. Tim has authored or co authored over 10 books, including the one that's going to help us the most today Do More Better A Practical Guide to Productivity. Let's get started. Tim Chalice is a husband, father, church leader, and author. He's authored books on various topics, including a book called Do More Better, A Practical Guide to Productivity, which informs us on our topic of time management for today. Tim, it's great to have you with us.
1: I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Tim, let me start off by asking you, you know, since missionaries don't live on the clock with a manager over their shoulders looking to see what they're doing, it can be difficult to manage our time. Where does someone start in the area of time management?
1: I think there's a couple of things to say here. The first of which is that a lot of the time management techniques we pick up or we learn through books were created for, I guess, a different time and sometimes a different place. Uh, they weren't really created on the whole for people who are in what's essentially what I call knowledge work, right? Where you look at your day and you know there are things you need to accomplish, but it's really it's wide open and you can choose to do it here or there or then. And, um, you you have a lot of freedom before you. And that's a very different way of looking at the time versus working on the line at the, the car factory where a car comes by every X number of seconds and you put your piece on and you do that until your shift is done and you go home. Um, so we're looking at people like myself as a writer, pastors, missionaries, their, their day, their week is just laid out before them, and they have to make sense of it. So I think it's first good just to acknowledge that, that this is very different from what other people have, where there's somebody telling them what they must do at all times. And I think there's freedom in realizing, okay, that's okay, and that's a good thing. I, I can work with this. After that, I think the, the fundamental thing that most people skip over is, what is productivity? Why does it matter? Uh, what is a distinctly Christian way of looking at productivity? So the the messaging we pick up from the world is maybe productivity is doing lots of stuff, or productivity is doing stuff quickly, or productivity is achieving your dreams, whatever it is. Uh, I think we as Christians do well to go to God's Word, to look there and say, okay, what does the Bible tell me about being productive? What are some messages I would pick up from God Himself as He's instructing me on what it means to live a life of productivity?
0: So, Tim, that's a really interesting point that you bring up about the way that we look at things. Could you give us a little bit of information as to how does God view that, or what are some things that the Bible tells us about how we can be productive, quote-unquote?
1: Sure, yeah. I think the Bible gives us a lot to work with there, and I'd want to begin with the the, the big picture, which is we exist to glorify God. And so, the, the job I have, the life I live, all of that in some ways is meant to bring glory to God. Now, how do I bring glory to God? Generally, I bring, bring glory to God by doing good for other people right? My my goal in this world, my my task in this world, is to serve other people. That's what Jesus' task was when he came into this world. He glorified God by serving us. My task is to live in imitation of him. And so I'm bringing glory to the Father as I live like the Son, which is giving myself up for others, living for the good, the benefit of other people. And so I come to a definition of productivity that's something like using my gifts, talents, time, energy, and enthusiasm for the good of others and the glory of God. So we're talking gifts, um, talents, time, energy, enthusiasm. That's basically all I've got. Everything I can bring to the table, everything I can expend, I'm committing all of that to glorify God. And then I'm carefully applying that to doing good to others, by which means I do bring glory to God.
0: Sometimes... I have some things planned that I want to get done in a day. But, you know, in ministry, emergencies can come up. People can call you at any time. They have things going on. And a lot of times you're not able to stick to the plan that you had set out for the day. What does somebody do in that situation?
1: Well first let's assume the person does have a plan for the day which I think is important not a lot of not not everybody does a lot of people go into the day with just sort of a collection of things they might do and not a clear sense of how they expect to live their day so I think it's good at the beginning of the day I have a little Part of my life, I call it quorum day, living before the face of God, which is just praying and then organizing my day. It takes two or three minutes at the beginning of the day, and it's just setting trajectories. Here's what I hope to accomplish today, and this is again applying my gifts, my talents, my time, my energy, my enthusiasm, all that I've got. Here's how I hope to bring glory to God today. Okay, so I've got that that in motion. I've spent sat down at my desk. I'm going to try and write an article for a magazine today. And the phone rings and somebody has a question or an emergency or what they deem an emergency. And so what do I do? I think there's, there's different traps we can fall into. And the first trap would be the trap of idolatry, which is essentially enthroning myself in the center of the world and saying that, you know, you can't disrupt my plans. I, I have these plans, and even if you're near death and in the hospital, I'm sorry, I just got other things to do, so I'm going to keep working on my magazine article. That, that would be wrong. That's, that's not being responsive to, to what God brings into our lives. On the other side of the equation, we have man-pleasing, just fear of man, right, where I so want people to love me, I so want people to be pleased with me that I'll drop my work at anything to run out. And, uh, you know, they bruise their knee, I'm going to run over, run across town to pray with them or whatever the, the emergency or so-called emergency is, I'll deviate from, from what I had planned to do. So I think the sweet spot is somewhere between those two, where we're carefully weighing and evaluating and we're giving due attention to those things God called us to, that magazine article matters for a pastor. If you're doing pastoral work all week and then you have no sermon to preach on Sunday, you probably haven't managed your time all that well. And so I think it's really finding prayerfully finding that balance uh, day by day, setting a plan each day, and then just being careful uh, with what we allow to interrupt our plan, yet also being careful that we're not being idolatrous in our carrying out of our plans.
0: So Tim, for a lot of ministry people in general, but missionaries in specific, because that's our audience, it can be really difficult to learn how to balance family and ministry. How do you find the proper balance when your schedule has you available to other people almost all the time? So
1: what I lay out in the book and in this Really, the book is a program of productivity, just a way of living all of life. Um, what I lay out at the beginning is a life audit, which is sort of trying to, if you can picture flying over your life and looking down on it, what is your life made up of? What does God make you responsible for? what are the what are the areas of responsibility He's assigned to you? What are some of the the tasks, some of the jobs, some of the things that you need to do? And then rightly ordering those. And so you're creating time and space for, each of those different things. So I divide my life into the personal realm. I have to care for myself. If I'm not caring for my own soul and my own body, I'll be useless to everyone else. I've got my family that I'm I'm meant to care for. I've got my church and I've got my vocation. So I divide all of life into those four areas. And then once a week or so, I'm looked at those four things. And then how will I do that even better, or just as well, in the week ahead. And that's making sure I've got time for family. Um, Many, many pastors have sacrificed their families to the altar of ministry, right, and realized only later that it really was man-pleasing, or it really was idolatry, and they, they let their family go. Their family are the ones who suffered. Yet God calls you to be a husband or a father, if you are one, before he calls you to be a minister. You're not allowed to fail at family and succeed in ministry that makes you disqualified from the ministry. So uh, it's really just apportioning time and carefully looking at our lives from time to time to ask, am I giving you attention? Am I giving attention to, in the right measure to the right things? And, and life changes so much when you have infants versus when you have grown kids. Um, from job to job, country to country, you've got to continually evaluate and reevaluate.
0: Tim, when you say that you constantly have to evaluate and reevaluate, you mentioned every morning that you take a couple of minutes. But how do you set up that time and to know what to do, what you're evaluating and reevaluating to try and help you manage your time better?
1: Well, again, a lot of it comes down to just properly understanding what your life is made up of. And one thing I want people to ask what does it mean for me to succeed as a a husband and a father? What does it mean for me to succeed as a pastor, as a missionary? What does it mean for me to succeed personally? What does it mean for me to succeed in my job? These are questions we ought to be asking and having some things we're striving for, some measures there. And those are things we can go back to. Uh, We can go back to Once a week, I I really value a weekly review, just maybe a half hour or an hour at the end of the week on a Friday afternoon where you're looking at the week that was and then looking forward to the week that will come and asking, how did I live in the last week? How will I live differently in the next week? And, um really creating opportunities to to love other people. And uh, I use a little breakdown that I learned from somebody else. He calls serve and surprise as two ways of um, looking at each part in life. So you think about your family. How can I serve my family in the week ahead? Which is to say, what are the things I must do to be a faithful husband, a faithful father? But then also, how can I surprise them? What are things I can do this week that will just cause them to delight, that, that shows my delight in them? And so if we're looking at all of life and vocation and ministry, how can I serve? What are the things I must do? How can I surprise? What are the things I get to do just out of the sheer joy of the Lord, the sheer joy in these people? I think if you're looking at that week by week, you'll, you'll never run out of things to do since we never run out of ways to love other people. And uh, I think you'll have a good measure on how you're really living your life before the Lord.
0: Tim, let me just ask you one more question and we'll finish up. Is it possible for me as a parent to do things... To instill good time management habits in my kids or is this really just something that they have to learn later in life on their own as a lot of us are having to do as adults
1: well I think both Uh, one of the interesting things that we find is that children are not taught a lot of basic life skills in school and I know um, people listening here in different parts of the world different educational systems and all that but we we tend to teach our children obviously reading and math and those other things, which are very, very good, and and we ought to be learning those. What we tend not to teach, and we've seen this in our kids' schools here in Canada, is they don't teach time management. They don't teach financial management. They don't teach how to pay bills. They don't teach those very basic life skills. So those then fall to parents. If you're a homeschooling parent, maybe you've already accounted for that. If your children are educated in a different way, then it, it falls, I mean, ultimately it falls to you anyways. But I do think there's value in helping our children in this area. The number one way would be to model it for them, right? To model, I'm sorry, daddy can't make that a priority right now because I'm doing this. Or, no, daddy would love to break away and spend time with you, right? So just trying to to model to our children that we don't fly through life by the seat of our pants but we do have a mission we do have goals that we're we're working toward um but practically like so much of the wisdom we teach our children it may not really take hold until they're they've moved out and started to fail and maybe uh missed a class or lost a job or something and uh that seems to be the way many of us come to this. And most people I think learn productivity through emergency situations. They're not doing well, they failed at something, they've they've missed something, and so now they go screaming to a book on productivity, they run to the bookstore or they run to Amazon and they buy something and they treat it as an emergency, which is fine except that when it's an emergency you typically aren't doing the groundwork and that's the most important part, is really laying that theological foundation of here's why it matters to be productive. If you want your productivity to stick, please don't skip the theology, right? Because once you understand, I've got to live for the glory of God and the good of other people, now you've got a very, very different motivation when you're approaching all of life, approaching productivity as a father, as a husband, as a missionary in any other field.
0: Tim, just take a couple of minutes and tell us a little bit more about your book, what's in it and where we can get a hold of it.
1: Yeah, so it's called Do More Better. Uh, That's the English. It's been translated into a couple of languages, I believe, so you might find it in some others as well. Uh, It's available pretty much wherever books are sold, I think, especially Amazon, which is where most people get it. And if you read it, you'll find it short. There's a student edition as well if you want that for your kids or if you yourself are a student. Uh, It's short, and it's very, very practical. So it begins with that theological overview, and then it helps you audit your life, and then it helps you build a system where you're using different tools, using those tools in uh, synchronization with one another, and I trust really starting to live a life that is productive in the best and highest sense of that word.
0: Tim, that's excellent information. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. I know that it's going to be a help and a blessing to those that listen as to how we can do better and do more to serve God. You're very welcome. pile on here, especially after Tim has just shared such great information with us. But I enjoy the subject of time management so much that I just want to throw in a couple of things. You know, the goal of being a better time manager is actually a spiritual one, not just a physical one. For that reason, make sure that your personal spiritual walk with God is a priority within your time management. After all, why should God bless your efforts to manage time better if you're not going to spend any of that time with Him? Secondly, get some exercise. What in the world does that have to do with time management? Well, believe it or not, many studies have proven that exercise, especially as we get older, increases productivity. It helps to clear our minds, boost creativity, and not to mention it keeps us alive longer, which gives us more time to manage. Lastly, go to bed. Staying up to watch that show or read a few more posts is just throwing time into a black hole. Don't do things mindlessly. If you're going to read a chapter, then read a chapter. If you want to see one more video of the cat that looks like Batman, then, well, just don't. If you're going to relax, relax. But relax intentionally. And the best form of relaxation is getting some good old fashioned sleep. All right, let's get out of here. In our next and final show, we are going to be sharing an incredible resource with you. Trust me, you don't want to miss the finale. We hope that you'll join us.